When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing on our 25 years survey, uh, series today and got another good one for you today. And this is about an important topic in Raven's history, uh, the trial of Ray Lewis. You know, what, what went on there, uh, you know, the natural bonding with the Shannon Sharp uh, uh, that related uh, from it or came from it. And uh, here to talk about that today is Michael Ferguson. Michael, how are you doing? Uh, doing well, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for being here. This is a this is a good topic, and I think one we 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 need to go through. So, set us up in terms of events here. And I know you were a, a, a young man at the time. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I was probably like twelve years old. Um, you know, I I was watching football throughout the nineties. You had uh, the Broncos won back to back Super Bowls, and then you had this big Super Bowl with the Rams. And then, you know, kind of the story coming out of the great Ram Super Bowl was this whole case with Ray Lewis, with the stabbing, this murder thing. And then, um, you know, you're kind of curious as to what happened. And they arrest him like, you know, right away, like probably a day or so later, they arrest him. Um, and then he's indicted within a couple of weeks. So kind of as a kid, I'm like, what in the world? Like, I'm not knowing, you know, I'm just saying he's indicted for murder. So I'm thinking he's the murderer. You know, I'm not really understanding all the particulars. Um, you know, so that's kind of just a shocking thing to see an active player indicted for murder, like the night after Super Bowl, this guy stabbed to death. And, you know, just that was a big deal for me as a kid. Yeah, it's, it's, you make an interesting point here that the wheels of justice typically turn pretty slowly for most crimes. But for this one, move very quickly. And I think that was actually probably to raise benefit in this case. Mm. That's a good point. I mean, I, I, how would you feel about it? I mean, it got, it, it got this behind him before the season and camp and all the other things were starting, allowed him to get more laser focus on that. Yes, sir. That's, that's an excellent point. Because as I was looking at this and kind of researching, you know, all of this happened. So this happened the end of January. He was indicted in February. 
the trial begins in May, and then he takes a plea deal and testifies against them by the first week of June. You know, like that's that's super fast compared to anything you'll see today. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, do you want to give kind of the background of what happened? Because there's a lot of younger Ravens fans who probably don't really know the particulars. Yeah. So uh, apparently, you know, after a uh, party, uh, Ray Lewis had his entourage and um, I actually got Ray Lewis book and heard his account of it. But, um, you know, he kind of gives the details. There was some guys part of his entourage and there was some women that they had getting in a limo with them. And something happened with some guys and the females. And then this kind of this brawl broke out. And, you know, kind of his story is he's kind of trying to separate people, get everybody into the limo. And then, you know, somehow these guys end up getting stabbed. Um, you know, a guy dies. Um, and, you know, this kind of they take off. He goes to the hotel room. He kind of talks about the franticness. You know, he had this suit on. He takes and kind of hides the suit, which is actually, I think, what gets him, you know, the only thing he actually pleads for is um, hiding the suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obstruction of justice. He, he lied to the cops that he, that he was there at the scene. Uh, two of his entourage were Oakley and Sweeting, who were the guys who were uh, on trial uh, for murder in the end. Uh, they were both in the end acquitted. Uh, there wasn't enough evidence for that. One of the things that kind of fell apart in the in the prosecution's case was that the limo driver's testimony was not particularly um, useful. I think was the, was the was the part of the issue here. But uh, in any case, I, I think there's enough evidence today to know that Ray Lewis definitely didn't didn't do any of the stabbing. And and in fact, both these guys had gone to a sporting goods store the night before, and both of them had bought knives. So kind of weird. Yeah, that's so weird. You know, in forward to this kind of with any crime, you know, and you look at all the details, it it usually happens like that. But that's very odd, especially when you kind of consider the crime. It doesn't seem like there was anything set up. It kind of seems like it was just a brawl over these ladies. So you don't know if it was more of a backstory that they knew something was going to go on, if they were just bodyguards, if they had heard something. But Mm -hmm. It's very odd circumstance, like you said. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a weird thing, but you know, my supposition at the time was that these were a couple of guys who wanted to look good and raise eyes, so they were trying to be tough with these other guys who were trying to either hit on these women or probably do something that's relatively harmless with these women, and and in the process they escalated the activity, and and maybe they got counter escalated, and then ended up with a stabbing, and uh, you know, obviously a very sad turn of events, you know. Any any personal confrontation, you'd like it not to go to DEFCON 1, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, the situation is you somehow get out of it before then. Uh, and and I, I do believe Ray's situation here, I believe he wasn't really involved in, in uh, um, certainly the stabbing, but also probably not in terms of escalating the um, incident. Yeah. And like you said, it just, you know, Ray, he admits he was a wilder guy at the time, but that doesn't seem like you know it's, it's kind of no no reward for something like that especially if it's a public place like that you know when you hear his side of the story he was trying to get people into the limo and get out that makes more sense this is a guy that's got a big entourage with him a lot of money a big career you know that sounds more realistic as hey he's, let me get everybody here and get out of here as opposed to let me fight these guys and stab them you know and that's kind of 
throughout the years when he's got this label of murder, I've always, you know, just shake my head. It's like, it's no point trying to defend it against people, but mm-hmm. you know, like you say, any kind of evidence, he definitely didn't do the stab, you know, that's almost right. clear. And, you know, it really doesn't look like he had much to do with any of the incident, but he was the big name. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of what, when we get to like Shannon's defense of it, that's what he said. You guys had Ray Lewis. You may not have had any other evidence. Their case completely fell apart, but this still stuck with him for the rest of his career. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, even even today, it's it's still a favorite thing for, frankly, for Browns fans to bring up at this point. I think, you know, if you looked at who made a mention of this on, uh, re- relating to any topic, Browns and Steelers fans, a whole bunch. Most other fans across the NFL, they don't really believe it the same way. They yeah. they understand, you know, what might happen. I think if if. Uh, you know, there's other teams, other other players that there's been some more seriously stupid stuff going on with Aaron Hernandez being the most obvious one uh, that that I just I don't see that as a real possibility for Ray. It wasn't it, there was there wasn't a connection there that these guys were some threat to Ray or, you know, a, there's a, a jilted lover thing going on or any of that. So it's it's really hard for me to understand how his emotions could have gotten the better of him. To, to do something that silly, uh, you know, at that time. Yeah. Maybe if we move on a little bit, let's talk about Shannon Sharp in this whole process, because while Ray was uh, down in Atlanta and at first he was in prison for a while and then he had, he's out of prison. But Shannon Sharp went down there and was working out with him. I, th- I assume Shannon Sharp was living in Georgia. I think he might be from rural Georgia originally. Yeah, from somewhere in the south, either Georgia, or maybe like Alabama, but somewhere, okay. like you said, deep in the south for sure. All right, but he went. But he went to Atlanta and he worked out with Ray, and that really built a friendship between them that I assume still lasts to this day. Yeah, uh, actually, it's unfortunate they had a falling apart in the last couple of years. No, over like some of the Kaepernick kneeling stuff. Remember over in mm-hmm. London when uh, yes. Ray took like both knees? That kind of ruined their relationship. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that, but but obviously, uh, you know, if you're talking about who need, when you need a support system and you're down, uh, wh- whatever that means, you're trying you're going through rehab. And that wasn't the case here, uh, but you, you just everybody seems to be against you. Like it like it would be very hard mentally to get through this time. But having a friend like Shannon Sharp to work out with you and to you know then be your teammate after that because he got signed somewhere in that period by the Ravens mm-hmm. in, yeah, for, for the two thousand year. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you know, it was a kind of a beautiful story. Um, you know, like Shannon was a big name guy. Like, so this was after the 99 season Super Bowl. He had just won back to back Super Bowls with the Broncos the two years before that. Um, you know, he was four time all pro. Sterling Sharp, his older brother, was a big time receiver. You know, so like he was a popular guy. And then with his personality, you know, like Shannon was well known. So, you know, I think we were just saying like he probably was the most well known Raven. Uh, Rod Woodson was, you know, a better player, I would say, you know, career-wise. But, you know, he wasn't as loud. He wasn't as talkative. Whereas Shannon was the guy that really had the clout for this for this offense to really uh, defend Ray the way he would later on and to really, you know, give him that mentorship that he needed. He's he's won Super Bowls. He's been all-pro. You know, like he has that, that clout, that stature in the league to really take somebody like Ray and say, hey, you know, if you want to have a long career, this is the way you got to move. Yeah, I mean, good point. If if you're talking about a uh, a fifth year pro like Ray was heading into his fifth year, who's you know already been a Pro Bowler, uh, you know, you, it's not going to be a rookie who comes in and mentors that guy. There's actually a very limited set of players on a, on a team that would have any ability to do that. 
And, you know, you, you then you cross other lines and you wonder if a Tony Siragusa could have been a mentor for, for Ray just because of differences in their personality, maybe. Yeah. You know, would, would that have worked? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, but you, you could you, and then maybe you go to an offensive player and even if they've been in the league for a while, they're not that good. Mm-hmm. So could Harry Swain have mentored him? Well, Harry Swain did have Super Bowl championships and Harry Swain later became a player development kind of guy. Uh, I think that's the, the title where he teaches basically young players how to get checking accounts, take care of their finances, do basic stuff in life. Uh, you know, he'd have been a great mentor for Ray in some ways, <laughs> but in other ways, you know, it didn't really make a, long, uh, a lot of sense. Yeah, and, you know, not going to wade too deep in the subject, but with all the social justice stuff we've seen in the last couple of years with policing and all that, Shannon could relate more to, hey, you're oh, a young, yeah. rich black guy in Atlanta, Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Like that that type of connection, like, you know, this stuff isn't new, what we're seeing now. Like this was kind of – this is and, and being a young kid, that's kind of what I felt at the time is like this guy's being attacked. You know, like as soon as I started hearing any of the case, I'm like, why is he even indicted for murder? Why is he arrested so quick? And like I said, I'm 12 years old, but I'm like, this just doesn't sound right. Like, and then you're seeing him, you know, like they had it on court TV every day. I watched pretty much this whole trial. Like I was just captivated seeing the, this is a star linebacker. Like I can't, I can't think of, you know, like a good comparison of who was on that level. Like somebody ascending, really good Pro Bowl player, a team that's getting better, and then they're arrested for murder. Like, it's kind of hard to look back and, and realize just how big of a deal that was. At the time. Right. I mean, it would have been like seven years earlier, and a guy who was far past his prime, obviously, but O.J. Simpson yeah. uh, was an iconic figure, certainly, uh, you know, very much nationally beloved. Mm-hmm. And for, for him to all of a sudden be out on the freeway in a white van and a bunch of cops are chasing him, that was a... That was an unbelievable, surreal moment. I remember we were at the, we actually were at the ballpark and we went to a, a bar that's in the stadium to watch that. And it's up there on the TV. Just your mouth is agape watching that. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I can remember I was probably seven at the time, but I can remember where I was watching that. Like, so, you know, it's, it's a few events, seven, uh, nine, eleven. You know, it's a few things like that where you always remember seeing that, and that was one of them. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the way this has followed Ray over the years, because it was really not until the 2003 draft that I recall him having any commercial presence at all again. And then the 2003 draft, all of a sudden, he's on all of these, you know, you're you're carrying my lunch for me, rookie kind of thing, commercials right before the draft. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I love that he that he was able to come back commercially. I think he, you know, he rebranded himself in a lot of ways. Uh, and they did a big story on him in Sports Illustrated that I think helped him reputationally. Uh, but the, the story has not left him. And I, I, we just did another pod today where Jamal Lewis was in trouble from the time he left college until after his, I believe, his fourth season, right, right after the 2003 season, for having a, a drug deal made on his cell phone. Yeah. You remember that? And then he, yeah. he spent a couple months in jail. The Ravens just had crazy, I don't know what you call it, but just some weird things happen, you know, like, cause even at Jamal Lewis case, as you said, there's some weird circumstances to put somebody in prison for that. You know, like there right. wasn't a lot of clear evidence that he was the main guy setting this stuff up. He kind of was just incidental, you know, just mm-hmm. a name kind of. 
Yeah, let me use your phone. I mean, that's the way it was put. We we'll, we may never know exactly why that was, but I, I don't believe that Jamal Lewis was involved in some drug trafficking ring <laughs> you know, when he was about to make millions of dollars coming out of school. So, uh, you know, it, 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 again, it's one of these things I just can't put those pieces together and have it make sense. And I think the prosecution realized their case was kind of weak and they, they ended up settling for a, for a fairly, you know, a, a sentence that, that didn't interrupt Jamal's career at all. We look back at some boxers. There have been guys who've had trouble going to jail. Sonny Liston went to jail before he won the heavyweight title. It interrupted his boxing career. Uh, you know, Muhammad Ali, obviously, for very, you know, I think reasons that are completely accepted by most Americans today, you know, stood up as a conscientious objector. Uh, I'm trying to think of other players. Michael Vick, I guess, would be the other big one, right? Vick, um, Tyson, you know, he had a rape charge and yeah, went to jail. Right in his, you know, that was early 90s. Um, Ray Carruth was somewhere around here, but yeah. he wasn't the star that, you know, like these other guys were. Mm. And is Carruth, did he get out of jail or is he? I think he, that's a good question. I don't look it up. That. Yeah, I don't you think he was think another example. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Dante Stallworth, I believe, you know, there's a couple like DUI yeah. type things that, you know, that were pretty serious, but this was just like a different type of situation. And, you know, that kind of gets to a lot of conversation, you know, that we won't get in here, but like about media coverage, because like those images of Ray in like that jumpsuit and in the courtroom, like though he got off, that's why it still sticks with him today is because we yeah. all seen those images and it was on ESPN. It was on CNN. It was on court TV like every day for three or four months. And, you know, you actually made that great point. He, he has to be thankful that this happened so quickly. Like this really was from January to middle of June, and this was over with. If this was like a normal trial, he probably would have had to sit the season out. Like we kind of see with the Deshaun Watson case, this stuff is lingering all year. He hasn't even been indicted anything yet. You know, like mm-hmm. it's a completely different situation. But like that stuff, we haven't even begun to get a resolution on that. Ray's thing was over and done with within like five months. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you, you mentioned it's really one of the big problems with innocent until proven guilty in this country is, you know, you're tried in the court of public opinion. And, and obviously the pictures, the images stick much longer than the facts of a case like this. You know, I, I, I think a lot of people still remember O.J. Simpson holding up hands and gloves like this. Those images, they stick with you. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it's uh, it's I'm. I, we're very thankful, obviously, in Baltimore that Ray Lewis's career, uh, you know, took the path that it did, um, uh, you know, after that, certainly at the, at the very minimum. But, uh, boy, it did not look good there. And I remember opening the paper back then uh, exactly when I say Ray Lewis indicted for murder is at the top of the sports section. I'm like, what? Yeah. Actually, I think it's at the top of the front page, actually. Yeah. You know, it's just one of these situations. You're like, I can't believe this could be true. Yeah, and like you said, it's once again, it's kind of hard to contextualize now because we know he came out of it. But you're like, will he ever play again? Is he going to be in jail for life for murder? Right. So then, for this story to unfold of the next year, like that's why, like when I initially was like taking notes, I was like, this is the greatest sports story ever to go from. You know, it's not looked at like that for probably for outside teams or you know for families that want justice and don't like us, but to have somebody at that low of a low at one Super Bowl in January, the day after the Super Bowl, to Super Bowl MVP in a year with mm-hmm. the greatest defense ever, like, mm-hmm. 
I don't, there's no way you could, you know, that would have been like Vic coming back and winning MVP the year after all of that. Or winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's uh, Ray, Ray's career was full of those things. The man's timing was impeccable. But I always go back to the fact that I don't think there's any player in any sport who's ever gone out with his last plays on the field being as meaningful. Yeah. So Ray Lewis's last three plays on the field, to remind people, second and five, third and five, and fourth and five from, from the five-yard line with the Ravens leading, what, by five at the time yeah, in the Bowl, Super Bowl. Yeah, because the touchdown would have won it. If they and, gave him the touchdown, that was it. Yeah, and, and by the way, he'd had a terrible game to that point. <laughs> but those last three plays of the game, he made a significant contribution to each of those plays, including a nice uh, cross of Ayapati's face that freed up Ellerby for the game-winning quarterback hit on the on the pass that was overthrown. So I just, his timing was amazing in, in all those terms. And, and uh, uh, boy, it it's it's amazing if what what how close he was to the edge in terms of uh, of not having all that happen. Yeah, didn't I think didn't he have an interception in his first game? Maybe you know with the Ravens or something like. Yes. Yeah, yeah like, pick, you know, like you said. Yeah, yeah he was just, AFC AFC Defensive Player of the Week in his first first game ever. Yeah, and you know not to not to get too hyped, but like always seems to have that for always to get that fumble at the time he did. Mm-hmm. For Avery to get these picks, you know, like it's certain players that, like you said, when it's time to step up, they know how to step up. And uh, there's something in the old way that, you know, I ain't saying it's going to be Ray Lewis, but for you to make those plays at the time you're making them, that's that's something special that like a great scout knows that like you, you see that immediately and you can't you can't quantify that the guy that punches the ball out and then dives on it. Mm-hmm. You know, when that's the only way that you'll still win a game. Like, Ray yeah. made those plays routinely. Ed made those plays routinely. Suggs made those plays routinely. And, you know, always one of the first ones in a while to have that type of impact this, you know, this early. All right, Michael, absolute pleasure talking this over with you. Any, You are welcome anytime you want. Any other topic on history, I'd love to pick another one and have you do that. We're doing about uh, 50 of these this year. So, okay. you, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for people to do more than one. Other folks listening, if you'd like to do what Michael just did here, drop me a DM on Twitter. Send me two or three ideas of, of what you'd like to do. We're looking for focus on a single old player, an old incident like this would be maybe comparing a current player to an older player. We've had Oway and Adelis Thomas compared, for example. Uh, it's that sort of thing. We're not looking to do Mount Rushmore. We're not looking to do the top 10 Ravens of all time. Those things have been done to death. Get real specific. More specific, the better. And we'd love to have you on. Michael, thanks so much again for coming on. You did a great job. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And uh, talk to you next time on okay. Film Stuff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.